Hello and welcome to our podcast, What's the Next Step, with me, Sarah Harper. And me, Rachel Boyd. Rachel and I have had the pleasure of working together for a number of years and have nearly 40 years combined experience in the people business. We were really keen to use that experience and now as professional coaches, we've decided to come together on a weekly basis and chat through a range of subjects relating to life, business and careers. In season one, we're delving into the world of work, specifically looking at ways to take ownership of your career. We really hope to inspire you to understand your options and make confident choices as you explore your own career path and strive to reach your professional goals. Through the lens of our own personal stories and the experience we've had supporting many people in growing their careers, we're here to help you advance your own. So please subscribe to the podcast to be reminded of the next weekly episode and come and follow us at What's the Next Step podcast on Instagram. We really hope that you find this helpful. Hello and welcome to episode five, building your career through changing roles. Hi everyone. So before we get into the meat of the conversation, Rach, I thought it might be interesting to just share a couple of questions that we've had from listeners so far, um, partly as a way to actually perhaps share with everybody that in the not too distant future, we will be having an episode which is really purely dedicated to questions that have come to us from our listeners so that we can have a bit of a kind of quick fire Q&A type session because we're really conscious that you know our, our episodes will only cover a certain number of topics and we're very grateful for people who, who are listening to, to come up with, with fresh ideas. So wanted to put a few things out there and encourage others to DM us if there's anything else that they would like to hear from us on. Uh, but just to give you a sense, Katie shared some thoughts and questions with us on how more specifically in a very small organisation, you know, you can really help as a manager, you know, your team, which may be, you know, a handful of people, how you can really help them think about, um, you know, accelerating their career and advancing particular aspects of it, which I thought was a, which was a, I thought was a great question. Um, Ruth also actually asked a cracking question about, um, you know, it's all good and well uh, managing a team that's um, that's that's uh, that's performing at, on all cylinders and is doing a great job. But a, how do you actually recruit a good team? Um, which is probably a whole series in itself. Um, <laughs> but it's an, absolutely a good question. But also, you know, she followed up with a point around how do you actually manage poor performers, which is a great question. And then Will also asked a really important question, which is something that I know a number of people will be experiencing, which is simply. How do you deal with a situation when you're in a very toxic environment? Oh, there's some good ones in there. Definitely can't wait to get stuck into those. Yeah, yeah. So, and honestly, anyone else, if you've got any other thoughts that come to mind as you're listening to our podcast, do share them with us because we're very um, keen to try and help if we can. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so I think look out for our Q&A episode uh, in, the not, in the not too distant future. Yeah, and the other thing I would share as well is we've really, really appreciated some of your lovely feedback. And it's it's so great to hear that so many of you are actually listening on a very regular basis. I guess the one thing, and we know that some of you have already been doing this, but the one thing we'd really encourage you to think about is if you really resonate with any of these topics and you think others might benefit, so whether that's your teams, friends, other connections, feel free to let them know, Get, share it with them, encourage them to listen along, come and join the journey with us um, because we just really want to help as many people as possible. Absolutely. 
So let's get into the conversation today, which is about, you know, building your career through changing roles. And I think it's fair to say, Rach, that we're probably both a couple of good examples of changing <laughs> our roles. A, number a fair of few times. times, Sarah. A fair few times, exactly. And also, I think it's fair to say that some have been, you know, what we might call big changes, some much smaller. Um, also, probably fair to say that some have worked and some have not worked so well. Yep. Um, and equally, some that we've enjoyed and again, some that we haven't enjoyed so much. So there's a bit of a mixed bag in there. But but equally, I I think it's fair to say also that we wouldn't regret any of the changes that we've made. I mean, I think you'll agree with me, Rach, but my guess is your answer be the same as me, which is that we absolutely don't regret anything. And I think the reason for that is that each opportunity has provided us with the opportunity to learn and to feel challenged and stretched and grow. And we, I, I suppose, tried to see everything with that kind of growth mindset and that open-minded approach, which really allows us to think of everything as an opportunity rather than something that didn't work well or something that may have been perceived to be you know, a failure, for example. Um, and today we also want to try and highlight kind of two important points in this conversation. One is that our careers don't need to be, and in fact rarely are, in a kind of linear upward trajectory. And two, it might be worth thinking as broadly as possible about what your next move is. So often clients come to, to both of us, don't they, Rach? And their initial go-to point is, I need to leave my organisation to get the next opportunity. But mm. actually, I think through hearing this, you might um, un, you know, open your mind a bit to think to recognising that actually there are so many opportunities probably right outside your, your office door. Um, and hopefully there will be you know, an, a way to, to think about things slightly differently as you as you listen to the rest of this conversation. And I wonder if we start, Rach, by actually talking about one of the bigger moves that I know that you've had, which was the, the move to Warsaw, um, because it was just such an amazing experience for you in all sorts of different ways. And I th I'm sure it would be helpful for people to hear about it. And I wonder if we start with how that opportunity even came about, because I'm not sure I know the nuts and bolts of that either. Yeah. So share, do share. Well, I mean, first things first, it definitely didn't come about overnight. Um, it wasn't something I held my hand up for. It was probably the culmination of a series of long career conversations with my boss at the time. So you may remember, I was actually in a role for about five years. I was in the diversity team. Um, I'd then been asked to step up and actually lead that team because the boss at the time, she'd moved on to another opportunity and I could see and I could feel when I was given that chance, everyone was thinking, oh, Rachel's sorted here. She's, she's got a role here for the next number of years. And my immediate reaction was, I can't see myself being here for another one year. And so I remember sitting down mm. with my boss at the time, day two of this new opportunity, and really made it clear to her, I'm so grateful, but I just want you to know, I just want you to have it on your radar that... I don't see myself being here forever. It's almost like a panic reaction. <laughs> and I felt like transparency was the right way forward. Um, and I just wanted to make it clear. And I loved her reaction. She really allowed me the space and time to kind of explain why that was. And we started a really good career conversation at that point, which spanned, in all honesty, probably six months. And she helped open me up in terms of, okay, she didn't get the org chart out. She didn't say, Rach, what's the next thing you want to do? It was a much more mature conversation, which in all honesty, I hadn't had before. And it was around what skills do I want to be continuing to develop? 
where do I want to play to my strengths? What types of clients might I want to work with? What's the nature of the role? What might I be doing on a day-to-day basis? So it was really different. It was really unique. And it just, as I say, kept unfolding month after month. And careful what you wish for in those conversations, because honestly, six months later, she sat me down. I remember it very, very vividly in the summer and said, so, Rach, I think I've got your next opportunity. How about heading out to Warsaw to head up HR for our new office out there? And I'm not joking. I nearly fell off my chair. That was definitely not what I expected her to say or share. But... I got myself on a flight pretty much that weekend. It was a glorious bank holiday um, in August. And I just had this real curiosity to go and explore. I mean, I've never been to Central Europe um, or Eastern Europe. I just thought, you know, I'm just going to go figure this out and just see if there is any sense that this might be an opportunity that I would entertain. So I did. And uh, never looked back. Yeah. I mean, that's really great. I mean, first of all, sounds like you had a 10 out of 10 manager having those conversations yes. with you over a six month period. That's that's gold standard, that is. Uh, and I'm sure you're very grateful for it. Um, and yeah, as you say, then it led to you moving to Warsaw, which is which is really quite incredible. I mean, when you think about all that happened while you were in Warsaw over a number of years, were there some particular things that you think would helped you really accelerate your career? Oh, Well, you know, I think it's fair to say that it was one of those roles that it played, you know, a major factor, contributing factor to helping me make managing director as a promotion. And as you know, that was a pretty big promotion um, in the firm that we worked. I think, secondly, it was one of those opportunities that stretched me way beyond any of my sort of expectations as it related to both personal and professional goals and ambitions. And it was a huge, huge responsibility looking back. Uh, I didn't take it lightly at the time. You know, I was ultimately responsible for growing and establishing a team on the ground, helping build out a brand new office, helping to lay some of the foundations in a, you know, a market that was unknown to us. We didn't speak the language necessarily. So there were so many just day-to-day challenges that we had to overcome. And but it was huge. It was huge. And it, it really, really stretched me outside of my comfort zone and helped develop me in so many ways. Um, but I guess coupled with that, it was such a big strategic priority for the firm. And so as a result of that, it put me in front of a lot of senior stakeholders at the time. There was a lot of interest and the spotlight was firmly on growing this office in the region. And so as a result, you know, we often used to see senior leadership coming through the office on a week over week basis. And inevitably, when you're growing an office, probably one of the top agenda items is the people. And so, you know, as a result, people certainly wanted to speak to me, wanted to really understand how we were um, thinking about the strategy. What were some of the challenges? How could they help? And so it really gave me access and exposure to a group of individuals that, in all honesty, had I stayed in London in a different role, I probably wouldn't have had access to. And so it helped me expand my network pretty quickly and get in front of some pretty senior people pretty quickly as well. So I think they were all massive career accelerators. But I also Mm. think the fact that I was willing to take the risk It was probably an opportunity that many people weren't necessarily holding their hands up for or queuing up for because it was a risk. You know, you were moving your personal life 
to a country that, you know, it wasn't immediately obvious for me to move to Poland at that point in my life or in my career necessarily. And so it was a risk. And I had to jump in, you know, wholeheartedly as I did. And it ultimately paid off. So I think the fact that I demonstrated my willingness to take those types of risks set me up for success, not only in that opportunity, but then I noticed in years to come, when different things were coming up or bubbling up, people always knew that Rachel was someone that would be willing to at least look at it and entertain it. Yes, absolutely. I'm absolutely sure that you had that reputation. I mean, just listening to you though, I mean, there's no doubt that it, I mean, it, for many people, I think, as you, as you sort of slightly were suggesting, that opportunity in Warsaw would have just felt too overwhelming. Um, so good for you for absolutely, you know, embracing it and stretching yourself. I mean, how do you, how do you feel that you did make the most of it? I mean, it was tough. I'm not going to sit here and say that transition was easy. And you know, Sarah, it definitely wasn't. I think, you know, I had to prepare myself for it because I knew it was going to be a stretch and it was going to be really pushed and stretched in so many different ways. But I think one of the first things that I invested in was my mindset. So I actually did get a coach. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but I, I did actually work with a coach pre going to Warsaw to help me really refine my own thinking about what type of leader did I want to become when I stepped into this role and almost like preparing me from a self-belief perspective that I could do it and anticipating what some of those challenges might be and how I might work through them. And I think that was huge. I was going, it, it was a major transition. And so the fact that, you know, I personally invested in myself, I think went a long way to steadying me for when I actually did face some of these um, particular challenges um, on arrival so that was definitely number one and I, I'd say that to anybody if you're going through a transition at work you're changing roles moving country whatever it happens to be um, a coach is can always be very very helpful for that transition but I think the second thing um, was and I do this a lot the good old 100 day plan and I found it particularly helpful uh, at this transition point because it's so easy to jump into those types of roles. And before you know it, three months has passed and you've achieved absolutely nothing. And I just didn't want to be that person. So the 100 day plan got me very clear quite quickly in terms of a couple of different things. So firstly, relationships. Who were the people that I needed to build relationships with in that very short space of time? who were going to have a bearing in terms of the overall venture success, who did I need to be spending time with? So that's number one. Number two, um, I wanted to invest time in really understanding the business that I was going to support. So I got quite creative, really, in terms of learning about some of the clients, some of the different parts of the business that were going to be on the ground in Warsaw, and really investing time and attention in understanding what their pain points were, what were they looking to achieve, how could I support them? And so there's a big focus on that. Number three, I mean, who doesn't want to deliver something in the first three months? So I got very clear quite quickly as to what could be my quick wins in that 100 day stretch. So where was, what was the biggest noise? Where were some of the day-to-day nitty gritty issues? If we were to invest in something, what would alleviate some of the pain early on? Um, and they became a combination of my sort of quick wins. And then number four, I was more looking out to the long term. So I used this in 100 days, essentially, and all of the different parts of that to really consolidate what were my observations on the ground, packaged it up and actually went and shared it with 
uh, my leadership team and some of the other senior stakeholders associated with this whole uh, project. And I shared with them, what were my observations from the listening tool that I just done? What were some of the opportunities that I saw? What were the challenges? I mean, I think in these types of um, situations, you have to be really honest and pragmatic with what's ahead of you. You can't just go in with rose-tinted glasses. And then got really honest and clear in terms of what did I need from them in order for this whole venture to be successful? So I used that 100-day plan, not only for me, to give me a sense of clarity and a bit, build a bit of momentum, but I used it to help educate and communicate with people around me. And it's also quite a helpful tool, actually, for my team. So I used that 100-day plan to give them an insight in terms of what direction we were he heading in and really encourage them to contribute to it. How could they help build it out as well and be part of it? So that was a really, really helpful tool, which I think helped me make the most of some of those early opportunities. And then the third piece of advice, this is a piece of advice actually from a mentor. I thought it was so, so strange at the time, but he said, Rachel, one of your top three priorities in moving is to go and identify your successor early and go and help nurture them help build them into the person who is ultimately going to take on your role in three to four years. I thought that's weird. I mean, I'm not even on the ground yet. Why on earth are we thinking about who's actually going to take on my role? So, you know, looking back now, though, that was a really fundamental part. And that's probably something that I absolutely prioritised in those first six months. You know, really getting to know each of the different team members around me, understanding their strengths, what their interests were for the forward and you know, really investing the time in identifying who that person might be and ultimately nurturing them to get to where they needed to be and convincing them and reassuring them that they were going to be in that position. So a strange bit of advice, but actually looking back, having put it into practice, um, I can totally see how it was invaluable. Yeah, great advice that, I agree. I'm smiling, Rach, because... I mean, obviously, I've worked with you particularly a lot through your more junior years and just hearing you talk about the way that you approach your career. It's so methodical and so strategic <laughs> and thoughtful and deliberate and all that good stuff, but has been right from when you were really junior. I mean, I, I, I definitely you know, relate to a lot of the things that you said as you talked about your move to Warsaw and perhaps like, and that, for me that. The, the similar the similarity is when from when I when I moved from Goldman to Freshfields and perhaps I come on and talk about that but actually my Goldman years which was 16 years I would say I wasn't as methodical or strategic or deliberate as you have been throughout your whole career and it's just making me smile because I love the fact that there are different routes to success and we don't all follow the same path or the same approach and ours ours are really quite different and yeah, I it really makes point. me smile and I love the fact that we can still be successful and be so different um but as if I think about Goldman and I'm probably just much more so that's my first 16 years I suppose I um I'm just much more opportunistic and yeah generally sort of let things grow organically yeah um, which, which certainly paid, yeah, certainly paid off, off for me. I mean, I had, you know, if I think about when I first joined as a, as a fresh graduate from Bristol University to the senior leader when I left 16 years later, I mean, I certainly went through a number of different roles and had a number of different opportunities that taught me a huge amount. Um, 
you know, I think perhaps what I did throughout all of it, though, was to make sure that I attended as many training courses as I could that were on offer on leadership and people management, because that was ultimately, I suppose, the direction that I was that I would be going in. The more senior you get, you typically end up in a in a people management role and certainly a leadership position. So I from I remember from quite early on, it was I, I mean it was a personal interest, I suppose, as well. But before I was actually managing people, I would sort of attend those sorts of courses and make sure I, I felt I could sort of upskill myself as much as possible, I suppose. I also asked for and listened carefully to feedback um, to make sure that I was adjusting myself and my style along the way. Um, and I think I spent a lot of time observing and learning from other managers and leaders around me who I respected and who I thought were doing a terrific job. And I learned from them um, and also learned from, I suppose, the people that I didn't want to be like in terms of leaders that I saw or people managers that I didn't think were the type of manager that I wanted to be. Um, so that was, I suppose, one of the things that, or one or two of the things that I did. And I suppose the other thing is that I absolutely put my hand up for opportunities. I mean, I was probably, probably had somewhat of a reputation as being the person who would say yes to things, not dissimilar to what you were saying about mm. Warsaw Ridge. Um, because I, you know, you never know where those conversations can go. And, you know, again, as, as, I, as I started talking about in the introduction, some of them didn't particularly go anywhere in terms of really accelerating my career. But for sure, a number of them did. And if you keep your ear to the ground and be known for being somebody who is willing to go above and beyond the day job, you know, put the extra hours in, um, somebody who is interested in learning and developing their skill set. So whether or not it's working with different clients or working on different projects or a, a lateral move or a maternity cover or whatever it may be, I think there are, if, you, if you're prepared to look for them and you're prepared to raise your hand for them, there are lots of opportunities or certainly there were for me. And I think that's probably the way that I went through my career at Goldman, um, which again, certainly didn't, you know, certainly did me a, a fair number of favours. And then I moved to Freshfields which was a big, broad HR role. So most of my role at, at Goldman had still been heavily recruiting based, particularly graduate recruiting. And so it was, a, it was the first time that I'd been in a much broader HR role. I was really excited about the opportunity at Freshfields because I suppose I could see where I was going to add value. I mean, I'd learned so much in my 16 years at Goldman. I really felt like I would be able to take some of that learning over to Freshfields. And also I was excited because you know, it was a new industry. Um, it was, as I said, outside of recruiting. It was a new team. It was going to be a new culture. So for me, that's a lot of learning opportunities and growth opportunities, which is definitely what keeps me motivated. So for me, it was a, it was a, you know, it was a, it was a risk, but I suppose it was a calculated risk that I felt was going to, that I felt was going to pay off. Um, and I think that they, they felt the same to some extent. They they were taking a bit of a risk on me, and so I and so I was prepared to take the risk back. And I suppose what did I what did I try to do there to help me be successful? And I would say a lot of it is very similar to what you did at uh, in Warsaw. Certainly had the good old one hundred day plan, um, <laughs> which really helped me think about again who the stakeholders were, who the team are, who in the team is going to be successful with me and perhaps where did I need to make some changes all that good stuff which is really really important who are the stakeholders etc I think probably the most important thing I did was work with a coach um, I suppose at the beginning of my time at Freshfields I was I was pretty lonely and I didn't know yet who I could trust um, either from my peers or my stakeholders or my team because everybody was so new to me 
And I felt I had quite a lot of responsibility on my shoulders and I didn't always know where to turn. You know, I didn't have my stakeholders either or my champions or any of that stuff that I had been lucky enough to have at Goldman. And so working with a coach was a was a game changer for me. I mean, it certainly um, helped me make some very important decisions. You know, I would talk to him about say, anything what did from... You, what were you working with the coach on? Yeah, I mean, it was anything from, the, frankly, the minutiae of some people management issues which I just wanted to bounce bounce around and share my thoughts and, and explore my thinking a bit, right through to some really strategic projects that I was trying to push through the organisation and help with how to position those or how to influence some of the partners at Freshfields, um, through to, frankly, my own confidence levels and how to try to keep those up or improve mm. them, because certainly I went through a period of feeling pretty underconfident. And so the impact that it, the positive impact that working with a coach had on my mental health was was very evident to me right from the start. Um, but also, as I say, some of the actual practical things in terms of what I was trying to do with my job, it was super helpful. And, you know, it it certainly accelerated my career there, I would say. Um, yeah. Things would have gone at a much slower pace and frankly would have gone, you know, two steps forward, one step back if I hadn't had the opportunity to work with the coach. So I couldn't stress that strongly enough in terms of the point that you made earlier, Rach, about working with coaches when you're in a transition. It's one mm. of the most helpful times, absolutely. Um, so then I suppose I set up my own coaching business. That was my my third big change. Um, and that has been and continues to be a whole new set of very exciting challenges. Um, mm. I've had to really learn a lot about marketing and self-promotion, which would not be my natural area of comfort should we say right through to having to actually learn about how to run a business I mean I had no idea about the ins and outs of running a business really um through to you know how to really really make the most out of my network and that I think is probably what has helped me the most um, as I think about my own business in terms of accelerating that part of it it's really been the network and what I mean by that is I haven't been afraid to put my hand up and ask for help. And um, it's amazing how willing people are to help. I think yeah. I often sit there and think, oh, well, all these people are super busy and they don't have time and I don't want to be a burden. And all that stuff goes through my mind, as I know it goes through many other people's minds. And actually, when you realise, when you do ask for help, how willing people are to give it, you realise actually I probably should have come here even earlier than I, than I have. The other point on the network, don't you find that actually sometimes you might be a bit resistant to reaching out to people that maybe you had a close working relationship three years ago, but you've not spoken to them since? Yeah. Actually, they are sometimes the best people. Yes. And actually, the opportunity to re engage with people you've worked with five years ago, however long, is just so special. And it all comes flooding back. And so I, I found that really, really amazing. Just stepping back and thinking about who were some of those individuals that I've really benefited from during the course of my career that even if it leads to nothing, just reactivating that relationship in some capacity is, is super valuable. Yeah, I totally agree. That's a really good point. Um, I wonder if we should talk a bit about where things don't go quite so well. Have you got any uh, good examples, Rach, of perhaps where one of the roles that you've taken wasn't ultimately the ideal one for you? 
Um, well, I mean, look, I always agree with what you said at the start in terms of there's always something you can learn from them. So but that said, you know, probably one of the latter roles I worked in at Goldman's or a project, at least it was a big global transformation um, program that we're involved in. And I would say it was one of those roles that um, it wasn't totally aligned, I would say, to my skill set per se. Um, and but it grew on me almost over time. And I had to work really, really hard at it. There was a lot of inner resistance that I had, I would say, towards it. But I think in hindsight, it was one of those messages that was trying to get through to me that is this a total alignment with your skill set, with your strengths, with some of your areas of interest? And if it's not, what do you do with that? And I think if I found myself in that situation again, I'd probably listen to some of those signals a little bit more and just question what adjustments can I make to bring this a little bit more into alignment with what my areas of interest actually are. So I think the message that I took away was I was trying to tell myself something, but I wasn't really listening to myself at the time. And should I have reacted to some of that a little bit quicker? I don't know. I mean, I still got a huge amount from this experience. I learned a lot and everything else, but it, it was just super, super interesting. So I, I share that with everyone in in case it's helpful. If you find yourself in a situation right now where actually you would prefer to have been doing something different or there's some message that's trying to kind of come at you, what is it and what is it trying to tell you? Mm, yeah, it's a good point, Rach. I mean, I think as, as, as we've said at, at the beginning as well, you know, not every experience is going to be the one that totally accelerates your career or what or the one that you enjoy more you know more than anything it's just not realistic really to think about things like that but everywhere every opportunity gives you some sort of a, a growth experience doesn't it yeah so with that right should we should we sum up I mean I think the key points here are that you know change is hard for us all but finding the change that works for you you know trust your gut gut as you were just talking about and recognize that there is a spectrum. There's some big opportunities, small opportunities. It will all make a difference. And I think one of the things that's really important to listen to there is what's going on in your personal life as well. It may not be the right time for you to take that big international opportunity. Um, that could perhaps be something you do in five years' time or whatever. But recognising that these changes will have an impact on the rest of our life and we need to listen to that, I think, is, is really, really key. Secondly, I'd say there's an element of risk in all of this, um, but we all know that growth happens when we push through the fear. So we have to get comfortable with feeling uncomfortable at least for a period of time. And then thirdly, it's really about thinking about what can help you. So some of the things that we've talked about, Rachel, first of all, getting the right training. Secondly, the 100 day plan. Thirdly, getting a coach. And fourthly, using your network. And there will be other, plenty of other things that work for people. We'd love to hear what those are. And so we leave you, I suppose, with our usual question of what's the next step for you? And we'd love to hear any thoughts, questions, comments um, that, that are relevant for you. Thank you very much for listening. And we will see you next week. See you next week. Thanks so much for listening. We hope that you're leaving with plenty of food for thought and feel inspired to take the next step in whatever way makes sense for you. If you enjoyed today's episode, we would really appreciate it if you could rate, review and subscribe and come and follow us at What's the Next Step podcast on Instagram. We hope you join us again soon.